Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 122-116 loss at the Indiana Pacers on Wednesday night. And Barry, in a string of games where, you know, some recently have been close, but not all that much in this 11-game losing streak has been close. And this one had a bit of last-minute intrigue. Um, Darius Baisley hit, hit a layup with 32 seconds left. That cut it to five points. Uh, Pacers inbound the ball. They trap Malcolm Brogdon, force him into a bad pass. Ty Jerome gets the steal, passes to Tao Maladon, who hits a three. And all of a sudden, the lead is down to two with 25 seconds left. Um, but then the Thunder foul. The Pacers make their free throws. Darius Baisley misses a couple shots. And that's that. The losing streak uh, lives on, but um, did some did some high pressure clutch time basketball uh, intrigue you tonight? Well, it was sort of fun to watch a close game, no doubt about it. Um, it was a game that had no business being close. It, that was a, that's a derelict team they got in Indianapolis. That's a looks to me like the Thunder without any future draft picks. So. Was not at all impressed with Indiana, and I know they're shorthanded. No Turner, no Sabonis, no no, no Lamb, no McDermott. Uh, T.J. Yeah. Warren's out for the year. I mean, that was really like a. It was it was a pretty evenly matched uh, talent wise. I mean, the Pacers yeah. probably had a bit of an edge, but it was close. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty close. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon's a good player, and uh, I'll withhold judgment on Karis Levert, but. Um, you know they got they got the wrong, you know they 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 lost uh, they lost a drawing on the holiday situation. They got the two that's just so so. They didn't get the one that's really good. <laughs> but you know uh, it was good. The Thunder could have been could have gotten whacked pretty good. They trailed what was it? they got down uh, got down nine with one forty nine left and still made it interesting. So I, that's good. Um, and. Uh, you know, it's a, it, all in all, it was not a bad night uh, to be a Thunder fan in terms of in terms of uh, the Cavaliers won. The uh, that was big, actually. The Cavs beat the Bulls. Yes, yeah, it's very big. And then and then your good friends, the, uh, the Rockets lost. And that's you know that's going to help. So um, yeah, that, it was all in all a pretty good night. So we'll see um, if they can continue to lose and. And uh, still get some things done. Darius Baisley was the uh, sort of the uh, primetime player, I think. He appears to have gotten inspired by Lou Dort. He said, well, you know, I'm just going to take over the game. Now, he's not very efficient at it. He had 32, I think I counted up 32 possessions he used. So his usage rate is high, scored 26 points, I think it was. Yeah, tied his career high from two nights ago. Yeah, so he's nine of twenty-five shooting, one of eight from three. Yeah, he was eight of since eight of seventeen inside the arc. Those threes really killed his efficiency. But let's talk more about Baisley because you know we, we, we have to talk about someone. And with Dort out, with SGA out, with everyone else out, Darius Baisley is pretty much the primary option on offense now. And tonight he attempted. Uh, he, he set a career high. In uh, shot attempts, he took 25 shots, like like you just said, nine to 25. Um, struggled from three. Dagnall said after the game, you know what was pretty clear from watching it that Baisley wasn't very efficient. 
but he still liked the way he was getting to the rim, still attacking. Um, they mentioned the defensive assignment again. He was matched up with Karis LeVert quite a bit after guarding Russell Westbrook two nights ago. So that's been interesting to see. Um, I, I think that was like the only, not the only takeaway, but one of the only takeaways really was, was seeing how Darius Baisley responds to being in um, an expanded role. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, he seems to be, and you mentioned it in the postgame, asking asking Mark Dagnall about this, but he seemed a lot more assertive, sort of sensing that this team needs a guy that's going to sort of take over and do some stuff. Now, I don't know, you know, if he's capable of um, the way Lou Dort has shown he is capable. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's worth, you know, a shot, I suppose. And um, his, his turnovers seem to be under control there for a while. They were – they were not very good. He had three tonight. You can live with three turnovers from a guy who has the ball in his hands that much. 37 shots, you know, uh, nine foul shots. So he had he had a lot going on and was able to you know minimize the turnovers. So um not a bad, not a bad game for Darius Baisley. Just those those three point shooting, that's that's gonna have to. That's going to have to get better. Well, yeah, and, and like it, it does have to get better, but on a normal night when they're at full strength, he's probably not. Those are probably easier looks to get more catch and shoot lo- looks off open drives from Shea Gilgis Alexander and stuff. So probably not going to be attempting eight threes in a game um, elsewhere on the Thunder roster. Alexei Pogoshevsky played five minutes before exiting with a non-COVID illness. Um and so, so that's that. No update after the game. On Poku, the Thunder was without Lou Dort with the hip strain, um, which is kind of what his status has been these last few games, even, even as he has played. Isaiah Roby was a game-time decision. He did play. Um, Roby did some decent things off the bench. Kenrich Williams had 15 off the bench. He was 6 of 12 shooting, 2 of 3. By the way, because, you know, the stats don't matter all that much, uh, these days, I hadn't checked in a while, and it was said on the broadcast that Kenrich Williams is shooting 44% from three, and it reminded me of how crazy that number is that Kenrich Williams is a 44% three-point shooter. Well, I just thought I misheard when they said that. <laughs> Did they really say that? I got two questions. Did they really say that, and is it true? It is true. Well, he, Kenrich Williams is shooting – yeah, 44.3%, um, you know, taking 1.7 threes per game. I, I looked it up just for fun. He does not qualify as among the league leaders uh, because of um, either his attempts or minutes, so he's not on that list. But um, he'd, he'd be in the top, like, 20 or so. Well, he's a heck of a player if he can make 44% of his three-pointers. Um, it seems like that he's not shooting as well now as he did earlier, but maybe he's just shooting less. I don't know. But that that is surprising. Well, kudos to Chris and <coughs> Michael Cage for for getting it, saying it right, and being accurate because that was that was news to me when when I heard. And you know, another thing I learned on the broadcast tonight. I guess you can learn a lot if you just look at the stat sheet yourself or the team stats. But um, 
the guys uh, told me that uh, Ty Jerome's averaging double digit points. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> I know Chloe's averaging double digit points. Yeah. Ty, Ty Jerome, by the way, seemed to have some inopportune misses today and just not. Yeah, he very didn't well. Play well. Didn't, no, I didn't think he played very well. He's one of six from three. You know, actually looked halfway decent tonight was Jalen Horde. Yeah, he did. He helped him out some. You know, he's pretty like crafty around the rim. Like the the guys also mentioned this on the broad, broadcast, but um, he's got some pretty nifty footwork inside and, and can do a can do a few things. So it makes sense to me why they wanted to at least bring him on as a two way player and see what he can do. Yeah. So um, so it was uh, you know not a. But by the way, I also found out just by a. T- talking to him and writing uh, kind of about the connection between him and Teo Maladon did not know that like among the, his like five or six finalists in a school that offered him a scholarship and recruited him was OSU. Jalen. I, I saw that. That was interesting. He yeah. would have done well at OSU. Yeah. So um, Moses Brown did some good things. He had 12 points, 11 rebounds, by the way, Barry, we didn't mention this. O'Shea Brissett, who's like listed as a small forward, was basically the Pacers center tonight. He was he's six seven. They they had like a crazy small lineup out there. I actually thought Moses Brown could have had a bigger stat line tonight because he's huge, and uh, I didn't think the Pacers could match up well against him. Yeah, um, I got to admit to you a few things. Um, here you go, Edmund Sumner. Never heard of the guy before. <laughs> He started for the Pacers. Uh, O'Shea Brissett, never heard of the guy before tonight. He started for the Pacers. Uh, Keelan Martin. Yeah Keelan, yeah, Keelan Martin playing big minutes off the bench. 15-46 he played and had, uh, what do you have? He had five points and four rebounds. Never heard of the guy before tonight. So I guess that's what happens for opposing teams. And they turn on to watch their squad and the Thunder's out there and they're saying, now, who is Jalen Horde? You know, who is uh, Justin Robinson? Well, they're saying it for basically the whole line. <laughs> who's Moses yeah. Brown? Who's yeah? Or anyway. who's Fee Mahila? You know, yeah. know him because he went to Kansas. But if he had gone to, you know, if he had gone to uh, one state over, gone to Colorado or one state the other way, Missouri, we'd have never heard of the guy. So, <laughs> you know, that's just it's a strange year in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, also. I don't know. This this stretch has seemed like the Thunder has played several like play in contenders from both conferences. But like I mentioned, the East because they just played the Wizards, who are a play in contender. Um, Indiana's in that spot. They played the Raptors, who are in the play in mix, and the Wizards are going for it. But it's like I don't. Indiana it has dealt with some injuries. Toronto's totally not going for it. But it's kind of interesting how some teams are viewing this play in. It's like. Some really care about it, and some like, who cares? It doesn't matter to us. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you felt like the Pacers were that way tonight. Like that late, that late turnover by Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, what was he doing? You know, trying to save the ball, and he throws it back towards, you know, the wrong basket, and leads to a quick three for Pale Maladon. The only way they could lose that game is for do exactly what he did. It would have been better if he would have tried to make a half-court shot. Yeah, yeah, throw the ball at your own basket. Do anything but that for crying out loud. Um, 
So it's a it's a mess of a year in the NBA. It really is. And you know, you talk about good timing. This is this is the best timing ever to just try to tank. I mean, yeah. That's, that's just the truth. This is might as well because you know, golly, it's it's just a mess. It's, it's kind of a slog of a season. It seems like at this point, so many guys. So many stars are hurt. So many players in general are hurt. You've got a lot of teams who aren't trying to win. And it just makes for some hard watching um, at times. It's, it's not the best product right now. And I know it's been a hard year um, for a ton of people and, and not ideal circumstances. But I don't think many people are going to be uh, too upset when this season ends. Um, but maybe it'll end on a high note. It, it will for certainly somebody. Um, but Speaking of Malcolm Brogdon, he made a terrible mistake uh, at the end of a game, but throughout the game, I thought it was pretty darn good. I did not know he had 15 rebounds until I looked at the uh, box score after the game. He had 29, 15, and 7. He was 11 of 23, 3 of 8 from 3. Karis LeVert had 28. O'Shea Brissett had 23. Um, but a really impressive stat line for Brogdon, who really has to carry the Pacers with no Sabonis, no Turner, no McDermott, no Lamb. They're missing a ton of scores. So it was really him and Levert who had to lead the offense. Yeah, and, you know, um, maybe, you know, what, what's the what's the prognosis for all those guys? Um, is anybody out for the year? Or are they hoping to get them all back? Or what's the status of them? Yeah, Miles Turner, he's out pretty long-term. Um, he, he could be out for the year. T.J. Warren, they've already lost for the year. I think McDermott and Lamb, it's nothing serious. And I think they should get Sabonis back fairly quickly, too. Okay. Well, you know, that's a that's sort of a sort of a listless franchise in this card. You know, they sort of ran off – Nate McMillan, not because they thought he's a bad coach. They were just sort of tired of everything. And he seemed tired of it, too. And he lands in Atlanta as an assistant coach. And they stink. And they fire their coach. And they said, why don't you coach our guys up? And so they hadn't lost since. Or I don't know what the record is. 28 and 3 under him or something crazy. So he clearly is an excellent coach. And he's out of there. And Indiana had such a good thing going in the early days of Paul George. They had that they had that lineup that you know went wall to wall with with LeBron. Yeah, Roy Hibbert down low and and time after time, and it just never really. They've stayed solid. I mean, it's a it's a decent franchise. They they've been competitive, but they just seem to be going nowhere. Uh, perpetually struck in seven to eight nine. I would say their philosophy is pretty different from the, like both, both them and the Thunder are, I think, known as good franchises, but the Pacers seem to be sort of playoffs no matter what. And they've been stable and they're consistently in the playoffs, but you know, they, they did have some obviously teams that contended for these um, several years ago, but lately it's been, you know, just, just make the playoffs and the Thunder like does not want to be in just make the playoffs mode. It's either like, nothing or try to be a contender and there's going to be a period of time where they do fall in between that it's not like all of a sudden the slender team is going to go from tanking to a two seed or something like that there's going to be a six seven eight seed in the mix but seems to be different organizational and maybe it's ownership but philosophies yeah because you know for for being such a basketball hotbed the pacers have never drawn great um might be more of a 
might be a little bit like Charlotte in that it's really more of a college basketball market than a pro basketball market. So um, maybe they feel like they can't afford to tank with the fan base. Yeah. Um, you but, know that the Thunder is 11 and 13 all time against the Pacers. I just think that's interesting. It is interesting. Uh, of course, they've been good. They don't have, you know, they don't have many bad years. Um, yeah. But it's it, it, it's a uh, it's a far cry from the glory days of the Pacers, and they've had quite a few glory days. Yeah. Anything else from this game that uh, that we missed? You want to touch on? I don't. Well, I can't think of what it would be. <laughs> Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's not search too hard for it then. Um, oh, in, in fairly big news that um, happened Tuesday morning, uh, the Thunder sent a release out that Chesapeake Energy Corporation is ending its agreement to be the naming rights sponsor for Chesapeake Energy Arena, the downtown arena it's going to be called um by the way it's effective the termination of the contract is effective immediately um but in the interim until a new sponsor is found it is still going to be called chesapeake energy arena they're not going to call it oklahoma city arena or or anything like that um but that was that was really big news because chesapeake in 2011 signed a 12-year contract to be the naming rights sponsor that obviously goes through 2023 so they ended it early chesapeake's gone through bankruptcy and this was part of them just you know terminating several several contracts so um we, we've got the story up you guys can check that out if you haven't already um, what I found to be the most interesting part of this, Barry, is that this was like a Thunder news release. This was um, a th- Thunder thing when the, when the city owns the arena. I was wondering, like, why is the city not announcing this? Because they own the arena. But come to find out, we got the contract. The Thunder is the basically has exclusive control over selling the naming rights to the arena. Um, basically, that's such a large revenue stream. Um, we talked to uh, Tom Anderson, who's a special projects manager for the city of Oklahoma City, and he's basically like, everyone wants the Thunder to stay afloat, and one of those, one of the biggest revenue streams is the naming rights, so that's something that they get, and not to get too deep into the weeds, uh, but back when it was the Ford Center and for a period of time before the Thunder even arrived, the city would get about $400,000 a year. And the Thunder actually still to this day keeps up that $400,000. It's adjusted a little bit, um, but they still keep up that and, and pay that to the city. Um, but anyway, this is a Thunder decision. The Thunder is going to lead these negotiations and the arena will, I don't know if soon, but will at some point be called something different. Well, good riddance, I say. I never did like the name. Um, I, I, I thought Chesapeake Energy Arena was they committed two or three of the faux pas of, main, of, of arena names. One is too long. Um, Chesa- but the, the peak became cool, though. It, came, it was all right, but um, but still, you know, that's a, sort of a local thing. The thing I think about is the national impression, you know, like like uh, in Salt Lake, I don't know if it still is, but was recently Vivint Smart Home. That's what it still is, yeah. Arena. I mean, great day. The game's over, but by the time you <laughs> the arena and Chesapeake Energy Arena is too long of a name. 
Um, the, the word Chesapeake is actually a pretty cool word. I like the word. But it is not a good connotation with Oklahoma. It doesn't make people think of here, no. No, if you ask, if you ask 1,000 Americans, hey, tell me what, what Chesapeake means to you. Oh, about 100 would say, I have no idea. And about 900 would say, well, it's the, you know, the bay in Baltimore. Or yeah. Or wherever. I mean, a Chesapeake Arena ought to be in Baltimore. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't, I, I didn't like it there. Uh, I think this is golden opportunity to get us a good name for an arena. The Ford Center was nothing splashy, but it, it was also short and compact. I like that a lot. So I would I would hope we'd have something, either a cool name or a compact name. Either one, um, I'll be I'll be semi happy with. But uh, so, so are you are you on board with like the the Loves Shack or um, uh, no the, the no, Brahms no. Bowl or something like no, that? No 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 no. Uh, I would go for the Sonic Center though. No, it that that's way too cruel. That's heartless. Let me tell you. Let me let me tell you what my message to uh, the great state of Washington is. Uh, a place that I frequent from time to time with my tourism dollars. Let me tell you what I have. My message for them is get over it. Um, that's my message for them. Um, so I got no problem with the Sonic Center, but I actually have much better ideas. I would like uh, if, if you if if you're really going to name something for money, which is what we're talking about. This is a money grab. Go where the money is. Who's got the money in Oklahoma? The Indian tribes. That's who's got the money. Yeah, I, I think that definitely would be a, a contender and, if we were just throwing out guesses. And let me tell you something. Yeah, who's got cool names? Who's got cool words? The Indian tribes. Yeah. Um, Choctaw. Chickasaw. Cherokee. Any, all three of those have huge casinos. Now, if they put the word casino after their, you know, that that's sort of not cool. I, to me, that's that's uh, not real classy. Um, I'd even go for like the Chickasaw's uh, casino names, Windstar or Riverwind. Now, if you put casino along with it, I get less excited. But Riverwind Coliseum, uh, Windstar Coliseum, sign me up for it. I don't mind at all. Um, but but Chickasaw, the Chickasaw Center, or the or the Choctaw Coliseum, to me that would be pretty cool. That would that would be cool. Just to throw some numbers out there, because like you said, this is all about money. Um, Chesapeake had a twelve-year deal worth thirty-four million dollars, so a little less than three million per year. And the Thunder surely will not fetch this, but according to Forbes, the richest NBA arena deals are the Chase Center in San Francisco, Barclays Center in Brooklyn at 22 and 20 million per year, respectively. Now, those are obviously big numbers. Um, Jenny Carlson had a, had a fun column, I thought, as, as far as the name and, and potential. We, we can all throw out the, the local, you know, ideas, the um, Indian tribes certainly being one of them. Paycom has been mentioned quite a bit. Loves Sonic. Um, uh, our, our friends in Tulsa are, are throwing out Quick Trip. Um, I think Quick Trip would have to have some sort of footprint here in Oklahoma City for that to happen. 
Um, but like, I we're just we're just having fun. I, I we I, I don't think either of us know what it's what it's going to be. But like, how would you? You think it'll be something local, or could it just be a, a national company that doesn't really have a lot of ties here, like Ford, for example? Um, I think it'll be local. I actually think the market for these things have sort of hit the apex and are on the downside. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think it's worth as much as. Uh, oh, you don't. You don't get much bang for your buck. I yeah. Mean, um, now here's one I would like. I doubt they would do it because it's not based in Oklahoma City, but it's close by and it's got a huge brand in Oklahoma City and that's Southwest. Yeah. And now Southwest Airlines Center, I wouldn't like. That's too long. But Southwest Center is not bad at all. Not bad at all. And some of their, frankly, some of their, the Southwest color scheme is sort of similar to the Thunder with this blue and orange stuff. Isn't that, that's what Southwest trots out there. So, and it would help everyone who, um, you know, it would help solve the debate of which region of the country Oklahoma is in, perhaps. Yes, although I can be glad to tell anybody, I can straighten anybody out on that. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma City is in the southwest part of the United States. There's no question about that. So <laughs> that would that would help. Now, Tulsa, not necessarily. Uh, McAllister, absolutely not. But Oklahoma. Yes, we're we're a crossroads of the regions. So, um, but you know, I, I I think the market has slipped on that thing, and people it's not as lucrative as it used to be. Um, think about it. What was the motive? The, Chesapeake's original deal did nothing for Chesapeake. What that do for Chesapeake? It's not a it's not a retail establishment. I mean, Thunder fans. That's, that's what I was always curious about. Like, yeah. what, really, what does it? It's not like we're going to. <laughs> we're not we're, we're not buying anything from Chesapeake. Right. Exactly. Now, if it's Conoco, yeah, yeah. If it's the Conoco Center, yeah, everybody could you know get behind us and say, hey, let's go buy our gas at Conoco. But Chesapeake digs for natural gas mostly, so that's not anything any fan or normal person can do. So it's just uh, it's a little bit squirrely. Um, so somebody like Devin, you know, same thing. What's you know, you can't you can't patronize Devin. So I, I don't I don't know. Um, it's you know it. Last time this happened, the Thunder went for one of its minority one of its one of its uh, um, minority owners, which they're all. I mean, they're all minority owners. They don't have a majority owner, but they went to one of their one of their uh, yeah owners, and that was Aubrey McClendon and Chesapeake. Do they do the same thing? Jeffrey Records with Mid First Bank, Mid First Bank Center. Well, that's not very flashy. It's better than Vivant Smart Home Arena, but that's about all you can say. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm like I said. I think the best to me, the best uh, option is the Indian Tribes. Okay. They got they got cool names and and they got money. So, I thought you were gonna say Sonic again, and I. Uh, no, Sonic would be great for them. Sonic. Ready. Sonic would be great for the. Uh, but since, what about when A Rod moves the Timberwolves to Seattle? They're gonna it can't it can't be Sonic Arena anymore. Well, um, I'm just I'm just having fun, by the way. But well, uh, it, it it would be interesting if there's you know, the the Sonic Center. Um, 
But that's, you know, that's their problem. If brand identification moves, if you're, that's that's their problem. Right? Um, you know, you could have cherry limeades at the concession stand and, and <laughs> cheese conies. Okay, here, yeah, this th- this is a great point because now we're talking the um, the best arena food um, there is. At least, you know, I, I, I actually don't know what what's provided in the arena, but but at least uh, food before the games in the press room and stuff is in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena. And say what you want about Little Caesars Pizza, but they have hot and ready pizza in there, and they have this huge buffet and everything. So if it is some sort of restaurant or food, I'm all for that. If it means uh, uh, there being more uh, better dining options for for fans uh, and, and whoever else, that's my you know, Mickey Mickey Mantle Steakhouse Arena, <laughs> uh, uh, Waterburger Arena, Cattleman's. Cattleman. Now, now, now you're talking the Cattleman Center. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for that. That would be cool. Uh, um, trucks you, don't generally have a lot of money, so that's probably not not real likely. Have you seen um, on Twitter the? Have you seen Velveeta's obsession with Lou Dort and the Thunder? Yes, yes. I've. I don't understand it, but I have seen. Okay. I don't understand it as either. I'm trying to do a story on it, but basically whoever runs the Velveeta Twitter account at Eat Liquid Gold or something like that is a huge Thunder and Lou Dort fan. And when we like shared the news, everyone on social media was like tweeting at the Velveeta account, like now's your time, call a board meeting, make this happen. So I don't think it's going to be called the Velveeta Center, but that's what a lot of uh, fans are pushing for, just so you know, Barry. Well, you know, it wouldn't be the worst name out there, uh, <laughs> the Velveeta Center. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. Crying out loud, um, just you got you, they, somebody like that would have money. You know, large corporations or or Indian tribes or somebody. But you know, that's 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 where you start is, is somebody with money. Well, so, um, I thought Jacko had a great idea when she when she brought out Amazon. Yeah, got me fired up because I love the word Amazon. It's a cool word. That's why the boy picked it. Um, but you know, the Amazon Center would be. Uh, would be pretty neat. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up this discussion, um, what I thought was a cool bit of historical news that um, Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt actually shared today is that I'm reading a story from our own Steve Lackmeyer in April 10th, 2002. Oklahoma City's downtown arena is no longer without a name. The Oklahoma City Council voted seven to one Tuesday to name it Ford Center. Um, the lone no vote was cast by Ward One Councilman Mick Cornett. I thought that was very interesting. Well, that's fascinating. You know, you forget that Mick was even was ever a councilman. Wonder what his no vote was all about. He said he opposes the city the city entering into any name rights agreement. Uh, quote, I've long been a, an opponent of selling the naming rights to this arena and I'm still against it today. Ford is a great company. This money will be well spent. I just prefer the city to move in a different direction on naming rights for this arena. So um, I thought that was like a fun bit of historical information. That is cool, Beans. Of course, what he's really, you know, Mick got over it pretty fast when he when he realized 
you know, how to deal with the NBA. Um, but he's right because Mick comes from a from a time when we had the arena with one of the coolest names in sport, the Myriad. Yeah. And, you know, we were right there with the Omni in Atlanta and the Spectrum in Philly. There's one more, I can't remember, the Summit maybe in Houston. And it's just a cool name, the Myriad. And, and then, uh, you know, the city got involved and sold the naming rights to Cox. And I, you're too young to remember this, but you know, they call, for the last 20 years, they've called the Myriad the Cox Center or the Cox Convention Center. But when it first, when they first sold the name, it was the Cox Business Services Convention Center. And there for a while at the Oklahoma, the, the uh, front office sort of got heavy handed and said, you got to use that name. So, you know, Cox Business Services Convention Center. That'll stuff that you know. That'll snuff the life out of your game story. I mean, hurry! I mean, that, <laughs> that, that, that makes Chesapeake Energy Arena yeah. sound like a breeze. Yeah, it sound like Wrigley Field. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. I, oh, Mick, I can I I completely understand where Mick was coming from. Nineteen years ago, uh, I really do. Yeah, I, I do think it's a little bit interesting that you know they're going to continue calling it Chesapeake Energy Arena even in the interim because I don't totally know the situation down in Phoenix, but that used to be called Talking Stick Resort Arena, and now it's just called Phoenix Suns Arena. Uh, so I presume they're looking for a new naming rights partner in Phoenix. So I guess they could have just called it Oklahoma City Thunder Arena or, or something like that, but it's going to be the peak or Chesapeake Energy Arena until a until a new name naming rights deal comes along and and I really have no idea what the timeline is going to look like. I don't either. Um, there actually was a time when 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 the peak was the Oklahoma City Arena. Between the two agreements, there was a few months I can't remember the exact length of time, but it was called the Oklahoma City Arena. I I once covered an NCAA basketball regional in Buffalo. OSU played on a Friday. Played Hofstra, I think, and then on Saturday, on Sunday, they played Pepperdine. I can't remember the original name of the arena, but on Saturday, in the middle of the two of the three-day regional, the the off day between the two rounds, they changed the name of the arena. <laughs> well, we were in Buffalo. <laughs> they literally changed it to HSBC Arena or Bank Arena, whatever. Oh my gosh! This is the darndest thing I've ever seen. I mean, I thought that was. Or, you know, some marketing guy said, let's do this. And I guess he got away with it. Who knows? But um, I, ho- I hope uh, the next Thunder home game I cover, they don't send a release at halftime that it's uh, they've got a new name. Well, they're capable. It. They are capable. <laughs> there any question about that. They is capable. So you're not going to miss riding Chesapeake Energy Arena is what is what this whole no, conversation it, boils down to. If you want to go back and check me. I haven't written it a whole bunch. I write around it a whole lot. Um, Do you like the peak? Um, I, I can't. I, I like the peak. I don't mind it. Okay. Uh, sort of like the brick. I like the brick a lot, um, for short. Um, but I, I like the, the peak's okay. I don't know that it ever caught great. You know what? I don't. I don't know that ever caught great wind with fans, great momentum with fans. Maybe it did, um, but I, I'll, I'll be glad. 
I'll be glad to get a new name. I really will. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully we'll be following kind of all the updates on that, seeing where it goes. But um, that will do it for us tonight. Thank you guys for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. And Friday should be a fun one because it will be Russell Westbrook's second return uh, to Chesapeake Energy Arena. Still calling it that in his, his first game there as a wizard. So we will be back with you on Friday night.